You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Old wheeling and dealing Ryan Pace might just have one more trade up his sleeve this offseason, or maybe two if the price is right. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook or join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. Today, trade talk. The latest rumors surrounding your Chicago Bears, including a potential trade partner for Nick Foles in the works. Not really an imminent timeline on that, but I think a case of two teams in a staring contest of who wants to pretend they have more leverage than the other. Also some added smoke to a fire we thought had died down this offseason surrounding Akeem Hicks and perhaps the possibility still open for his departure this offseason, in some part due to his age and his still fairly significant salary cap hit. We'll also open up the ideas here a little bit for other players who could be potentially on the block or available at the right price and just kind of think in a broader sense of where the Bears might be thinking if they are looking to just get some fresh blood and turn over some of the players of the past that don't really fit what they want moving forward. We've talked about a Nick Foles trade before here on the podcast, and a lot of the thought process has been actually around his former team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and I believe then it was more formally reported at some point this offseason. I don't remember what the exact details were or by whom that just the Eagles perhaps were not interested. And actually, our friends from Locked on Eagles, Louis DiBiase, did a a podcast about this a week or so ago, just about kind of why the Eagles may have decided to pass on Nick Foles, some of which just because... You know, he's going to become, if he came back, he'd be almost in his own shadow, right? He kind of left at the high point there as the Super Bowl MVP, and that's how he'll be remembered. And that's sort of where expectations might start to be more if he came back to Philadelphia. Like, well, this is the one place he's played really well in multiple stints. And maybe that's why you might think a third stint he could play really well again, because he did it two separate times with two separate coaching staffs in Philadelphia. But regardless, no longer Doug Peterson, no longer quite that same regime, at least on the coaching staff, that might want to bring Nick Foles back. No, the team now being connected by ESPN is the New York Jets. I believe it was ESPN's Jeremy Fowler put out kind of a little insider report about what he called a clear connection between the Bears and the New York Jets. He pointed out that the Jets general manager, Joe Douglas, was part of that front office in Philadelphia with Nick Foles. And that when you look at the Jets' quarterback room, of course, they just drafted uh, Zach Wilson with the number two overall pick. He's the guy, at least long-term. And they don't really have any notable NFL experience behind him. They've got their fourth-round pick last year. 
James Morgan out of, I believe, Bowling Green, and then he transferred to Florida International late in his college career. Zero NFL experience under his belt. And then Mike White behind him as sort of a third string. He was a, what, a a fifth-round pick out of Western Kentucky a few years before that. He's bounced around on some practice squads. I think the the Cowboys is where he ultimately ended up signing originally. They don't have a backup who's ever played in an NFL game. They don't have a quarterback who's ever played in an NFL game. So you could see where, if you are the New York Jets, a veteran free agent quarterback like Nick Foles would be able to bring some experience and just some perspective where you're almost paying a little bit for a coach as a backup, but also a guy that if you really wanted to, you could sit Zach Wilson the way the Bears are doing with Justin Fields. I don't think that's what they want to do and why they would bring in a quarterback like Nick Foles. But I think for them, it would be more of like comparing that to who's left on the free agent market. You've got Alex Smith, formerly of the Washington football team, coming off of his big injury situation. I believe he sort of is now officially formally retired, but you could try and draw him out a little bit. I think Robert Griffin III still out there as a potential option. Not really the traditional pocket-passing quarterback per se, but guy with a lot of NFL experience under his belt. And Wilson is going to be more of a get-out-of-the-pocket type quarterback. Also, Matt Barkley, former Chicago Bear. I think he was with the Buffalo Bills last season. You know, when you start to really kind of stack those names up, you're like, yeah, all of a sudden, Nick Foles starts to sound pretty good. (laughs) Especially if you think about it, just for a pure backup situation, if if one of these guys had to get in the game, at least you feel like you could kind of do something with Nick Foles. If you're the Jets, obviously you don't want to have to give up much to get him. He's going to bring a decent price tag. I think he has a $6.66 million cap hit this year. Bears would save about four of that from his base salary if they trade him as part of this deal. And so maybe there's that, what, a late-round pick for a backup quarterback, a a conditional seventh-round pick that can become a sixth if he plays a certain number of games? I mean, is that about the price tag we're looking at? The only other potential swap I could see there is I know the Jets have been trying to work with wide receiver Jamison Crowder on his contract. There was some thought that they might release him because I think he was being owed like $10 million this season and they signed Corey Davis and they drafted Elijah Moore in the second round and brought in Keelan Cole. So like Crowder goes from their top most productive receiver to maybe not even a spot on the 53-man roster. Just yesterday, on Monday, the Jets finalized a renegotiated contract with Crowder, that read between the lines, that's a pay cut that he took to stay with the Jets. Maybe a pay cut could be what clears the way for him to be traded to another team that didn't want to pay for his full $10 million contract. And he is a slot receiver, a decently productive slot receiver. He could be in Chicago a great replacement for Anthony Miller potentially in this Bears offense. A little bit more experience, and you know, he's never been a thousand-yard top-flight guy, but if he's your number three option behind Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, I think you're doing pretty good. And I think we've seen him be consistent enough to be considered an upgrade in Chicago. I don't think Foles for Crowder straight up is necessarily the one-to-one value that the Jets might be looking for, but if they're you know, if they're not really serious about keeping him anyway, I don't know, you'd throw in a, a late-round pick if you're the Bears, you know, Foles in a seventh for Crowder, or throw in Anthony Miller. I mean, I don't know exactly how you want to work this out, but if I'm looking for a veteran swap, Crowder might be the player I'd go for if I'm Chicago. But at this point, if I'm able to just get rid of Nick Foles' contract, yeah, I'd take whatever kind of late-round pick they might give me. On the other hand, I will be much more picky if I'm looking to trade Akeem Hicks 
of all players. I'm going to not just take whatever offer I might get, but we'll catch up on where that negotiation and where that situation stands and where that could move in the future next on Locked On Bears. The Bears need to make sure they get the right value for the parts they give up. And you can always get great value for parts at rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Their catalog is deeper than anybody's. They've got so many different parts, I don't even know what they all do, but I know I can get whatever I need all delivered right to my door in just a few easy clicks. I just enter in my car's make and model, and then it just pulls up all the parts available for my vehicle, and I can sort between the brands, specifications, and prices I prefer. They don't charge me more because I'm just a do-it-yourselfer. They don't give special rates to the professional mechanics. It's the same for everybody. So don't spend up to twice as much somewhere else for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you get to the How Did You Hear About Us box, write in Locked On so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com I said it back in March when the rumors first started and I will say it again now trading Akeem Hicks is ridiculous it's idiotic it's moronic there's no football reason to trade Akeem Hicks from the Chicago Bears and I'm in no way questioning or doubting the quality of the reporting behind those rumors. I'm not saying that that is ridiculous and that you shouldn't believe the reports. I, I take it more as I believe the reports and I say, yes, the Bears have allowed Akeem Hicks and his agent to seek a trade. I, I accept that as true, but I think it's ridiculous that the Chicago Bears have allowed Akeem Hicks and Drew Rosenhaus to seek out a potential trade. And the fact that it's still out there as a possibility. I think at some point along the way, Brad Biggs reported that Hicks was sort of, I guess, sort of safe for now, that they weren't going to release him, that you know, they did allow him to search a trade, but once things never quite materialized exactly, that they were still going to move forward with him on the roster. That's probably the better way to put it, that they were going to keep moving forward with him on the roster. That's different than guaranteeing he will be on the team for the whole season, because now again, as part of the same NFL trade rumors update from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, he did say there aren't any recent developments here. For now, he's still a bear. But what he did say was this one could heat up closer to training camp. Some teams believe Hicks is a top five interior disruptor, but his age, 31, could prevent them from giving up draft capital and signing him to a new deal. Hicks will be a free agent this upcoming offseason. He's due a total of $10.5 million this year. It's not a small cap hit. And I certainly understand the Bears wanting to try and get the most for their money or stretch their money the farthest. And I guess you could argue it made a little bit more sense back in March when it was the start of free agency and cap space was much more at a premium. But since then... You've released both of your starting offensive tackles. You've released Kyle Fuller. You've made all these changes to your your team and have, have given up at least some 
quality, valuable players, some more than others, but you have shed talent in addition to shedding that salary to get you to a point where you are now where you, you have enough money to sign all your draft picks, you have a little bit of money left over for you know in-season emergency signings here and there, you're not rolling in the salary cap space to go out and sign every free agent what you want. You can't currently go sign Richard Sherman and Morgan Moses and all these players that you might want as free agents, but you sort of have to ask yourself, just how bad do you want them? And would you give up Akeem Hicks just to sign one more of these free agent players? Because, yes, Akeem Hicks's sack numbers the last two years have been down. Two years ago, he was hurt, had one sack in five games, sure. Last year, played most of the season, a little bit banged up in there, but 15 games, 15 starts, three and a half sacks. And we can't keep getting caught up in the sack numbers. That's the big thing we're trying to move away from here in the football community. It's more than just sacks. Same thing goes for Khalil Mack. Look at Akeem Hicks as a, as a pass rusher overall. In 2018, the big season, the 12-4 and four season, the dominant season, Akeem Hicks goes to the Pro Bowl. He records what? I think it goes down on the stat sheet as seven and a half sacks. But you look at the full pass rushing numbers. 33 hurries, 10 hits, and PFF rounds up to eight sacks. That's 51 total pressures on the quarterback in his dominant 2018 season. Jump ahead to 2020. 30 hurries, 16 hits, four sacks for 50 total pressures. So, but, so from 2018 to 2020, the number of total pressures was off by one. The amount of times he affected the quarterback was one less out of 500 snaps. It's just instead of eight sacks, he had four sacks and added six more quarterback hits. I mean, he had a career-high 16 hits. He was a step away from the quarterback 16 times this last season. Some of that can be from not having Eddie Goldman. Some of that can be from a lack of surrounding pass rushers. And maybe he's lost a step a slight step here and there. He's still getting to the quarterback. He's still beating the blocker 16 times. He just didn't quite get to the quarterback, still pressuring him, still disrupting him, and still, therefore, having immense value to this Bears defense. Because you start to look around the NFL, and that salary cap hit does become somewhat of an obstacle for a team trying to acquire him. And, you know, what, do you give him an extension at age 31 and you trade for him to give him an extension when he's just going to be a free agent this offseason? I think the Bears should give him an extension, lower that cap hit now, and ensure that he's here for another couple of seasons, perhaps at a slightly lower overall value. But he he lowers his salary in exchange for that long-term security to know that he does have a contract for the future. So just say he does get hurt again, and then all of a sudden his value might tank. But otherwise, you start to look for trade partners with salary cap space, the teams with the most room, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, you could see they have a young defensive line there, and he could be a nice veteran fit there. All right, it's not really ideal for Akeem, who might want to compete for a championship, but sure. You got the Jets, who we just talked about with Nick Foles. The Cleveland Browns would be a fun team for Akeem Hicks. Maybe not fun for the Bears to see him there, but to play with Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett, be that interior pass rusher. They do have Malik Jackson as well. I mean, they've got defensive line depth, but adding Akeem Hicks to that would be really fun to, to watch overall as a football fan. Another team with big cap space, Denver Broncos, Vic Fangio. That one seems like kind of a, a natural connection there. They, they do have some room on that defensive line to add more. But if you're the Bears, it's tough for you to trade another one of your former players to that team. And just sort of the narrative starts to build of 
Kyle Fuller and Bryce Callahan and then add Akeem Hicks, and you're going to have this whole Bears defense recreated. If they play well, it's really going to look bad on you for continually shipping your talent over to that team. So it's right that there's some options here, but with that salary cap hit, you're not bringing back a premium draft pick in June for trading this defensive lineman. Maybe when you get closer to training camp and if somebody has a big injury for a pass rusher, and that's why I think Jeremy Fowler was sort of pushing it off sort of more in the future, that it's not right now. No team is, the Bears aren't in a hurry to get rid of Akeem Hicks now, and teams aren't really in a hurry to acquire him now. But I think, for me, the only way you could work out a deal is if a team outside, you know, a different NFL team, got a little bit more desperate and really found that fire to go get Hicks, like feeling like he is the missing piece for them. And then I feel like I could get some kind of good value for an expiring free agent because, you know, the Bears do have Bilal Nichols and Mario Edwards and Eddie Goldman to fill that starting lineup, I guess. But don't get rid of good players. Like, it's sometimes football doesn't need to be that difficult, right? Keep good players and don't get rid of good players when you have good players. And you can complain about the money and a few million dollars here and there it's the same thing with Allen Robinson you know what 18 million versus 20 million versus 17 million it's a couple million dollars a year keep good football players and acquire as many good football players as you can it's not that hard he's not a lot there's no locker room issue he's a he's a proven talent on the field you just acquire as many good football players as possible and you'll tend to build a pretty good football team and don't get rid of good football players when you already have them on the roster. It's really not that hard, and it just doesn't make sense to me why a team would look to move on from Akeem Hicks when they don't really have an overwhelming reason why they should at this point. There's a few other guys that maybe you could find a little more reason to get rid of once you get to training camp and a little bit farther down the line, even though there haven't been any direct rumors specifically of anything new popping up for these players, but we'll go through a couple of other potential trade candidates just to keep on the back burner next on Locked On Bears. When you got something good, you got to stick with it. That's why I keep coming back to Built Bars as my go-to treat, my go-to snack, and my go-to source of extra protein because they are the world's best tasting protein bars because they taste like candy bars. You can't find anything else on the market quite like this. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, but they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-fiber, and high-protein. 130 calories for 17 grams of protein. Sign me up every day of the week. So many delicious flavors to choose from. I have had them all up to this point. I think my favorites are raspberry, salted caramel. I've always got a soft spot for coconut in my heart as well, but you really can't go wrong, and I promise... Once you try it for yourself, you'll believe it too. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bears head coach Matt Nagy is already one of the favorites for first head coach to be fired at BetOnline.ag. And I can't help but feel like trading a player like Akeem Hicks Certainly not going to help those odds. Matt Nagy just behind Mike McCarthy and Vic Fangio at plus 850 on odds. First coach to be fired. Also on the other side of the spectrum, kind of near the bottom a little bit more in coach of the year odds as well. Kind of a, a not a great cast of coaches to be surrounded in, but 
you can see the potential there for a big upset if Justin Fields can get on the field and can help turn things around for this Bears team. BetOnline.ag is the number one place we recommend to get your money down now. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code Locked On to receive your free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So if not Nick Foles, and if not Akeem Hicks, or maybe in addition to Nick Foles or Akeem Hicks trades, who else could the Chicago Bears potentially look to deal or be open to dealing? The name that haunts me in my nightmares every night is Allen Robinson. Exaggerating, of course, but it, it always sort of sticks there for me of like, I'm, until he has a long-term contract, maybe more so until we hit that July 15th deadline when you can no longer negotiate a long-term contract. I guess even after then, it'll still be there. Like, are we sure everything is going to be okay on that front? I mean, we just got new reporting officially that he is expected to and planning to report to mandatory minicamp. So he is not holding out at this stage of the offseason. He is coming to the thing he is required to come to. He did not come to the optional workouts, the voluntary OTAs, not a participant there, but neither were a number of other players who are not holding out either. But what still leaves me with the concern or the fear or the doubt with Allen Robinson is just how things went a year ago. Obviously, some COVID-19 factors in that that are no longer as strong of a dynamic. I guess we'll see by the time we get to August and September, I think we're all hoping that it's a normal preseason and training camp and, and everything feels back to the way it used to be. But I, maybe that's a little bit too presumptuous. But assume, you know, assuming it is, that you'll miss you know, some of those dynamics of not having a preseason and having a weird training camp that I'm sure we're weighing on Allen Robinson's mind when reportedly, with good reporting from Tyler Dunn, who we've heard on this podcast, and he's close with Robinson and his agent. I mean, it, it kind of has to come straight from them. The Bears low-balled Allen Robinson right before the start of last year's regular season. They came to him and, and basically said, in, in other words, and maybe not as explicitly, but a little bit more implicitly, kind of saying, hey, you, you know, last time you were going to have a contract, you got hurt in your season getting close to free agency, and it cost you and that's why the Bears were able to sign him at perhaps a more affordable rate than they could have otherwise. And so the Bears came to him right before last regular season and said, hey, instead of risking it this season, why don't you take this lower contract here that we're offering you? Like, hey, we haven't been negotiating this summer. We've been kind of silent treatment in this back and forth that was not so back and forth. But all of a sudden, they come out of the woodworks right before the season and kind of pressure him and be like, hey, if you don't want to get hurt again, you can take our low ball offer. And that pissed Allen Robinson off. And it should piss Allen Robinson off. It would piss you off if it was you in your workplace and your boss is trying to come to you with some kind of, you know, low ball job offer. I mean, it's, it's, football doesn't make a nice corporate workplace translation, but you get the point. You don't, it's disrespectful the way they did business that way. And so Allen Robinson last year requested a trade formally requested a trade from the team. As we know, 
they kind of patched things up and worked things out, and Robinson put his head down and had another productive season with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky and continues to really play at a high level and do all the things that make us want to see Allen Robinson remain as a Chicago Bear. But all that is to say, we didn't think there was any chance of an Allen Robinson trade last offseason when they were negotiating, right? It was sort of just like, yeah, it's his, it's his last year, and maybe they'll get a deal done, or maybe it's not, but either way, he's still going to be on the team. Like, a trade at that stage wasn't really, truly on the radar. Maybe at the trade deadline is a possibility, but really not a realistic scenario. Whereas now, it's a little bit more of a realistic scenario, and you could easily see the Bears, I guess this time, the contract deadline ends July 15th. So, they can't come to a right-before-the-regular-season lowball offer, but they can come to him with a right-before-July-15th lowball debt offer and say, hey, here's what we got. Take this team-friendly deal or risk getting injured again as a free agent. There's possibilities along the way here for the Bears to again piss off Allen Robinson and for another trade demand to be made. That's, that's all my bigger point is there, is that as much as things seem to be patched up and on the right path now, negotiations can go south and they can change in a hurry and they have gone south with this team and this player in the past. And so I just, I I always kind of keep that in the back of my mind that even as there's progress, you never know where it might go. Another player I would be interested in the Bears trying to trade and move on from, I don't think it's going to happen based on how things have gone with the player himself, but Jimmy Graham is making far too much money to be the Bears' Number two tight end, I guess. I mean, by the end of last year, he had completely given up the starting role and all the snaps to Cole Komet, and so presumably he's not going to take it back, and he's costing $10 million this year. You talk about Akeem Hicks costing too much at $10.5 million. He's still a dominating pass rusher and a starter, and like a, a 60 to 70% of your snaps on the defensive line go to Akeem Hicks. Jimmy Graham was barely playing by the end of last season, and you're trying to get him to do 17 games this year at, what is it, age 35? And he's getting $10 million. You could cut him right now and save seven of that. The Bears should have earlier this offseason. Instead of cutting both Charles Leno and Bobby Massey, you could have cut Jimmy Graham and saved a similar amount of money. And it's a frustration point of this offseason for me, for sure. But if you could find a team a little bit more desperate at tight end, down, you know, maybe they get an injury or something in the preseason, I, I would, I'd be in a hurry to trade Jimmy Graham. I, I'd take pretty much whatever I could get if I get to shed that salary cap number. Probably too high for any team to absorb it outright. Maybe, you know, you agree to pay him some of that or you work out a contract extension for a 35-year-old tight end. Uh, I don't know if that's quite realistic, but it just doesn't sit right with me that he's still on the roster at that contract when it's easily cuttable to save that salary cap space and the Bears prioritized keeping their $10 million number two tight end. Like If Cole Komet is going to be all the things the Bears think Cole Komet should be, then Jimmy Graham should not be a relevant factor on this roster. And I think there's just no reason to really keep him around. The other player that I feel like I just keep hearing Bears fans sort of like dabble with the idea of like someday trading Tariq Cohen. And again, it's a crowded backfield with Damian Williams and David Montgomery. So, you know, Cohen is the most expensive of the three, but clearly the most versatile, perhaps the most dynamic of a receiver, and a lot of different things you can do with him in this offense, even though we haven't seen it much lately for partially Matt Nagy reasons, partially health reasons, but I can see where David Montgomery's contract is coming up here after 2022. He'll be looking for an extension, and can you afford to pay David Montgomery a starting running back contract and pay Tariq Cohen the, I think, what, $5.75 million he's due next season and seven and a half the the year after that. I mean, 
the contract numbers start to become a challenge there, and maybe a trade could work if you really like Damian Williams and also Khalil Herbert, who you just drafted in the sixth round. Cohen kind of becomes the the one you'd be most likely to get rid of from a financial standpoint. But again, on the field, you'd like to keep him in this offense and really see more of what he can do. So don't think it, don't think Tariq Cohen is probably up there in that discussion. Jimmy Graham, probably a little bit too expensive in that spot. And, and Allen Robinson on the right path right now, and hopefully things keep playing out in the right direction there. Whatever the Bears decide with their veterans that may or may not be on the block, you can be sure we will keep you up to date on any and all New developments, or certainly when a big trade happens, we'll break it all down for you right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe or follow on whatever app you're using right now to listen, because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. One more episode for you this week on our three-day-a-week schedule instead of our usual five in this June off-season month. But we will definitely ramp back up getting you ready for training camp, the preseason, and the regular season after that. So keep following along. Appreciate everyone who keeps tuning in. And I hope along the way, in this sort of barren off-season of not a lot of Bears football around you, I hope the Lockdown Bears podcast can help you bear down.